Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of Vegan Proteins Muscles by Brussels Radio. My name is Giacomo. And I'm Danny. And this is our 37th episode. So we haven't really mentioned this publicly yet, but we just changed the whole entire layout of our site and our logo, actually. Yeah, we did. It's uh, We haven't sent a newsletter out about the changes or anything like that, but yeah, it's up if you want to take a look at it. Uh, I'm really proud of myself because I designed the logo from scratch by myself, and I am not a tech-savvy person, so I was pretty amped. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, truthfully, I was kind of scared to, to change it up because we've just had the same logo for like almost a decade, you know? And, uh, and a very specific site layout, but... Yeah, but our logo also looks a decade old. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, and then I guess, I, you know, when we were designing, I was like, ah, oh, is this going to be all right? But now, like, seeing it live and everything, I'm psyched. I, yeah, I we have it. some other really, really, really cool stuff coming down the pipeline for you guys as well. And we can't go into a lot of detail about it yet, but I would, I'm hoping, fingers crossed, by... The beginning of May, I think. By the beginning of May, hopefully we will have some really, really cool content available for you guys. Yeah, I think so. Um, it's taking everything in my power to not like talk about it in more detail than that, but I'm not going to. <laughs> Just know it's really, really cool. It's really, really exciting, and I've been working on it like probably 12 hours a day for a month. So. I'm the worst with that. Like every time, like I'm doing something, I just like have to like shout it out at the top of the mountain. I'm doing this thing, and Danny's like, "Just shut up and do it." I'm like, "I gotta talk about it." <laughs> uh, anyway, so if you do get a chance to check out the site, let us know what you think about it, yeah. um, or if there's anything you want to see. Um, there's still some little tweaks we need to make to it that we know about right now, but yeah, check it out. Anyway, thanks for tuning in, guys. We were gone for two weeks. Uh, on the vegan cruise, which is actually what we're going to be talking about today. So this is not fitness specific, but it is vegan specific. So we're going to talk about that. But we got back and then we got like smashed with a nor'easter and had our power knocked out for several days. At least we got that break in the Caribbean uh, before we came home and sat in 25 degree house for two days. Don't you worry, though. Tomorrow, we're going to get a second nor'easter in two weeks. Hooray for us. I think this is the thing about New England. Like, I love New England. I was born in New England. I've spent almost all my life in New England, and I really love having four seasons. The thing about winter, though, is, yes, it's hard, but it seems like every year the really bad storms come later and later and later. So when you're like totally ready for it to be spring, that's when you get pummeled. That's when you get nailed with a storm that ruins your life for a couple weeks. And I think that is the really frustrating thing about it. Like if this happened in January or December even, I think we'd all be more like, oh, winter is so funny in its weird ways. But by now we're just like, can it just like not? Can we just not have a foot of snow and no power, maybe? Cool. Um, but I think it's just too damn cold in December and January to actually have a storm like this. Big misconception is that it's the most cold when there are storms, but actually when it gets, when it drops into the negatives, negative degree Fahrenheit arena, 
Uh, it's usually too cold to precipitate. So we don't usually have storms when it's that cold. So now that it's warmer around freezing, we get nailed. Anyway, I digress. So let's talk about the cruise, Giacomo. Jeez, I don't even know where to begin. This cruise was just like one of the best experiences of my entire life. And, you know, going into it, you know, until you experience something firsthand, I think it's tough to really know what to expect. I just thought to myself, well, this is going to be a really cool trip, and I don't really know much about it. But then I feel like the second I got on the ship, my mind was blown, like before we even did anything. So we should preface this with the fact that neither of us has ever been on a cruise before. Yeah. So when we were asked to be presenters on the vegan cruise, um, I don't want to say we were hesitant because uh, you know, the vegan cruise, I mean, we're knowledgeable enough to know, well, that sounds pretty cool. Um, and Robert Cheek, uh, one of our best friends, has been doing it for eight years. And he's always said like, oh, you guys should come. You guys should come. But not knowing what to expect, it's hard. It's a hard sell because it's not... It's a hard sell because it's, you know, it's fairly expensive. And if you don't know what you're getting yourself into, it's hard to put that amount of money there. Uh, but when they asked us to be presenters, we had no reason not to, but we still had no idea what to expect at all. Um, but as soon as we got to the port in Miami, which is where it left from, uh, we I was just blown away by the actual size of the ship. <laughs> And everybody said, that, oh, it's so big. You don't even understand how big it is until you see it. Like, it's so big. And how many times can you hear that? Yeah. But then when you see it, you're, you're like, oh, my God, it's so big. Uh, yeah, so that was our, our first experience on it. But the ship itself uh, is crazy. I mean, just looking at it from the outside, you start to think to yourself, what the heck is going on on that ship that it is so enormous? Yeah. But then on the flip side, once you're on it, it doesn't even make sense how there can be that much stuff in a boat in the water. Like, it's just the strangest experience. But it's it's a beautiful ship. I'll be the layout a bit confusing. Um, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. There's... Things in there that I would never, ever have expected, like a movie theater, mm -hmm. uh, a bowling alley, multiple bars and nightclubs and restaurants, um, a casino, a piano bar, a glass elevator, a pool, two pools, actually, a gym, a spa, like a dozen basketball jacuzzis, court. a basketball court, Just keeps going. a water slide. Mm -hmm. Um, I know I'm forgetting stuff. A huge cafeteria. Kids room. Yeah, a kids area, a teenager's area, an arcade. Mm -hmm. um, some virtual reality race car driving experience that we apparently missed, but I guess that's on there as well. Yeah, because why not, right? <laughs> and like hundreds and hundreds of rooms. So we get on the ship. And it was interesting because you have to like go through security to get on the ship, which totally makes sense. Like you're leaving the country. Um, but I guess it's just not something that I thought of. As we got on the ship, it took us from the time we set foot on board to the time we actually walked to our room, like almost 15 minutes. Yeah. It was crazy. And I literally am walking. And I'm like, how is it possible? How is it possible that I'm still walking to get to my room? Um, 
But, you know, you, you drop your bags off before you get on the ship and they're, like, delivered to your room because I can't imagine carrying... I, I lift and everything, but, like, that's a long way to carry all your luggage. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so the boat itself is crazy. And we were at the very back of the boat and had a really huge balcony. And we were next to Robert and James Aspie on one side and High Carb Hannah on the other side of us. So it was it was a pretty neat experience just being on the boat. I guess it, one other thing I would say that I, I found pretty, uh, pretty cool about the boat itself was that with all of the people on the ship, you would have thought that it would have been crowded all day and night, but it seemed like there was, you know, it seemed like you could find like your own little private nook somewhere, no matter what time of the day it was. And I thought that was kind of neat too. Cause I, I thought to myself like, oh man, there's several thousand people on the ship. Like, you know, you're not going to get any, any, you know, let's say you need some space for whatever, but no, I mean like there's just so many things to see and do that it's pretty, it's pretty spacious. And then the other thing is like with, even with everything on the ship itself, it wasn't, it didn't feel like congested, like just the, the layout of it, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I agree. And I was hesitant about a cruise ship in the first place because like you guys know me and I'm a pretty introverted person and I definitely need my space and my alone time. And being on this ship, this vessel with 4,000 people uh, plus the crew, so probably closer to like 6,000 people um, without being able to get away, I was nervous that was going to be uh, really challenging and being a presenter on top of that but it actually uh, I didn't find it to be stressful or anxiety inducing uh, really at all a little confusing at first because it takes a little while to get your bearings of the ship's layout but not stressful um, so let's talk about the actual vegan part of this cruise right uh, so you hear vegan cruise and just to clarify any Misconception. So this cruise started like 15 years ago, I believe, and it started as a macrobiotic cruise, not a vegan cruise. And it was just a small group of people that were served macrobiotic food, like as a group on this ship of many, many people. Um, So they were a small group on a huge ship. Mm -hmm. And over the last 15 years, it's grown to this year, there were 2,000 of us that were with the Holistic Holiday at Sea, which is the name of the company that hosts the vegan cruise. So a lot of people think, and I thought as well, I hear, oh, vegan cruise, the whole ship is vegan. The whole ship is not vegan. Um, But this year there were 2000 of us, which made up a little bit more than 50% of the whole cruise goers. So when you're in the cafeterias and stuff, you're still sharing the cafeteria with people who are not with the vegan group. So you will still see non-vegan food, but half of the cafeteria is designated to the holistic holiday at sea. So it's designated to the vegans. Um, And our food is made special by vegan chefs. We'll get to that bit in a minute, but I just think it's important to know, because I guess some people are quite surprised that the whole ship isn't vegan. Um, But I think, and this is just a prediction, that if it continues to grow the way that it is, I think that it will not be long before it is the entire ship that is vegan. Um, 
Yeah, and you know, right now, I don't think it's a bad thing that several thousand people are being exposed to veganism on such a, a massive level like that. I mean, I don't know that they signed up for it per right. se, but you know, it's if that's what happens, I, I, I can't keep, say I'm mad about it. I did keep <laughs> thinking that seeing all of the non, like the people that weren't with the vegan group, like, oh, these poor schmucks just like signed up to go on vacation and like eat their fried chicken and drink their booze. And they're just like surrounded by... Not just like vegans, but kind of like health nut vegans, Oops. like really, really um, people who are very interested in health type of vegans. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how they must have felt about it, but uh, you're right. That's a lot of people who are stuck on a vessel and exposed to this lifestyle. So I guess that's pretty cool when you think about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the biggest surprise for me was the quality of the speakers. I think that just a vegan cruise where people get to go on vacation and actually eat three meals a day that are vegan would be enough of a draw to a cruise, really. Like, really, you get to sail through the Caribbean and eat vegan food? Like, okay, where do I sign up? But on top of that, there are presenters, which is what Giacomo and I were. And um, we were very, very honored to be a part of it and definitely like... Um, the little dog. We were the little the little fish in the big sea for sure because there the, some of the presenters that were there were just like literally like gods in the vegan community basically like the pioneers of so many aspects of the vegan community were presenters on this ship. So people like T. Colin Campbell, Dr. Michael Greger, Rip Esselstyn, Ingrid Newkirk, Jean Bauer. And then, oh, Neil Bernard, Dr. Neil Bernard was there and he was a really good speaker too. Um, and then, you know, people who are s still really big deals, all, they, there were like t tiers of people, it seemed, um, like James Aspie, Robert Cheek, um, No Meat Athlete, uh, Matt Frazier. Um, am I forgetting any? really important people. I'm sure I'm forgetting a lot of really Probably. important people because there were so many presenters like world-renowned massage therapists and like Qigong type yeah. of people and acupuncturists and um, estheticians and hairdressers that were, you know, all doing these one-on-one -on -one appointments. But I want to go back to that first group, the doctors um, and uh, Ingrid Newkirk and Jean Bauer. Uh, because again, to me, they're pioneers in the whole vegan movement. Um, but especially the doctors, I noticed that a lot of the people who were there on the vegan cruise were actually there for continuing education. Mm -hmm. the, the caliber of these presentations was so high that they count as continuing education credits for medical professionals and like as a couple of schleps like me and Giacomo, we get to sit in on the type of discussions that we would never be able to sit on outside of there um, because we're not doctors. So just being in a position to be able to do that was so, so cool. And you know, you're still like bumping elbows and essentially hanging out with all of these people, many of whom I've looked up to for a very, very long time and who have inspired me and motivated me on my own journey. Um, and then to be there and be a part of that, um, 
and also there to like help, you know, teach and inspire others was uh, really quite an honor. I mean, more so than the size of the ship, I think what overwhelmed me uh, a lot, especially as being one of the presenters, was seeing the itinerary the second we got to our rooms. We took a look at the, you know, the the pamphlet showing all the lectures and the presentations and the workshops and the fitness classes. And I mean, it's like over 150 lectures alone, even though you have two weeks. I mean, like between that and the workshops and the fitness classes and everything, you're, you, there's literally from the second, from sunup to sundown and well into the night. I'm talking like from 7 a.m. till 9 p.m. Every half an hour or hour, there's something new happening and things running concurrently. You could literally spend the entire cruise nonstop going to to these lectures and you would still not you would still have more to see the next time around in the cruise and that to me was incredibly overwhelming and exciting at the same time yeah it was a little bit overwhelming like the itinerary itself is like a 60 page book <laughs> that's on your bed when you walk into your room and they do a really good job of laying everything out in a pretty easy to understand fashion but still it's a lot like if you wanted to do nothing but go to lectures you could do that. And a lot of people were there to do that. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. So I was really excited to be invited, not just, you know, it was an honor to be on one of the lectures with the Q&A panel but for athletes. But to me, like, being able to teach classes was very rewarding. I mean, my passion, my life is not only veganism, it's it's fitness, you know, and, and helping others realize their potential. And basically, you know, to reach people, we to reach as many people as possible, like we're, we're online coaches, right? And that's all well and good and it's nice and we connect with people on a personal level that way and directly, but we don't get to, we don't get to coach people in person. We don't get to work with people or train people in person, but on the ship, we did. And then afterwards we got to hang with them, which to me was just amazing. You know, it was, it was the icing on the vegan cake, so to speak. Um, so I got to teach some boot camp classes, uh, some AM boot camp classes, which was lots of fun. Actually, I wasn't sure, you know, how it would go because it's not like it's something I do every day. But you know, I just thought to myself, well, you know, I could treat this as if uh, I'm going to a gym, and instead of having a training partner, the whole gym, like we're all training together, and that's that's kind of the way I looked at it. And uh, I just had a blast. You know, it was just so much fun teaching, teaching some boot camp classes in the mornings. And I also taught some classes, um, and I designed them to be specifically for women um, to strength train. So obviously we weren't training in a gym, although there is a gym on board. That's not where the fitness classes were held. Uh, so I designed a resistance band workout that takes about 45 minutes and taught it to uh, women, which is my favorite demographic to work with anyway. And I feel like most women are really afraid to lift weights or um, a lot of people have bands already and they just don't know how to use them so i wanted to teach them all the things you could do with a band and how to train yourself head to toe in a short period of time especially because these women are obviously travelers <laughs> so it's a really easy workout to take with you and that was just really really inspiring to me because the demographic on the ship um i don't want to say it's totally different from the types of people that I normally train because I do train people of all ages but in general the demographic of the cruise goers was a little bit older um, I would say probably I, I mean I, I can't really quantify it but I would say at least half of the cruise goers were 50 or older mm -hmm. is that 
That's a fair estimate, yeah. I and mean, it's just a guess, really. Um, so yeah, there were some more mature women in the class who, you know, maybe had never even picked up a band before in their life, and uh, they were super enthusiastic and worked really, really hard. So that was really cool. Uh, we also did, we were on the athletes panel with Robert Cheek, Matt Frazier of No Meat Athlete, Angelica Cushy, and Larry Krug. So it was us and Robert who do similar but different things. Matt Frazier, who's more into the endurance training, the running. Angelica, who is really, really cool. Um, a yoga teacher, but she also is a stunt woman, which is crazy cool. And then Larry, who specifically works with uh, cancer survivors, right? People going through cancer treatments mm -hmm. and, and generally an older demographic in general. So uh, quite a wide variety of vegan athletes. So that was a really cool panel as well. Something I really enjoyed about the panel was the fact that although we all came from very different backgrounds and we have different approaches in general, because we work with different people, I would say within the vegan community, it seemed like we were the we were all pretty much on the same page with a, a lot of our you know, with a lot of our answers to fitness related questions. So I, I enjoyed the fitness panel actually. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, and I also was able to go to a few lectures. Uh, I did see Matt Fraser's talk about the seven foods I think that he eats every day. And that was really, really good. And that was a packed house. And also I went to one of James Aspie's talks as well about how to communicate veganism to non-vegans in a more effective way. And basically approaching non-vegans from a place of compassion to get them interested in the vegan lifestyle rather than just like being the stereotypical angry vegan. Um, and it was just really, really great, super inspiring, uh, in addition to the other health lectures that we went to. What about that one lecture that we went to? It was like, what was it? Gene Bauer, uh, Dr. Jonathan Balacombe, Dr. Neil Bernard, and Ingrid, Ingrid Newkirk. Newkirk. And we were like, just thinking like collectively with this this group of what, four? Yeah. Four people. Mm -hmm. Those four humans standing in front of us just like the sheer magnitude of their impact on this planet like they literally they yeah. literally like define veganism as it stands today and have done so much well it was an it was an animal rights panel and it was the four of them sitting up there and the first question was like what's your favorite thing that you've contributed to animal rights in your lifetime and it was like neil bernard is like well we got them to stop testing on chimps in medical facilities and the next one was like Ingrid and she was like, we got them to stop testing on animals in car crashes and replace them with car crash dummies. Like shit I didn't even realize was a thing because, because they stopped it. And it's like, oh my God, like I am so happy when someone tells me that they went vegan because of something I said or like some way that I inspired them. But these people in front of us were, are like people who have literally changed the systems in which we live and like no it's not perfect no we have a really long way to do, to go but how many of us can say well i got the entire nation to stop testing cars on dogs like what or like uh cr crazy 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 or stuff. like i changed the way the world health organization relays information to the entire globe basically yeah just fascinating and like 
humbling in a really, really good kind of a way. Mm. I got all the feel-goods at that particular talk. I mean, I guess like just the one way I would sum up the, the, the quality of these lectures, it's like, and, and, the, and the sheer magnitude of them is we have been, we have been doing this. Like we have been touring and being a part of, of the vegan community, I would say like actively for nine, over At nine least, years. Yeah, like 10 years. We've been to VegFest across the country, all sorts of like places where groups of speakers get together mm-hmm. and, um, and provide information yep. to the community. And I have never, ever seen something so all encompassing and something so powerful as this this group of people yeah. that the crews got together. I completely agree and I've seen many of these people speak individually before, but seeing them all together at once was just like wow. Yeah. Holy crap. Like what a force to be reckoned with. Anyway, we could go on about the presenters all day, but the point is um, you know, a lot of people think, "Oh, I want to go to the vegan cruise for the food." You want to go to the vegan cruise for the presenters. The food is cool, but the presenters, holy crap. Um, very, very impressive. Yeah. But why don't we talk about the food a little bit? Giacomo, go ahead. Well, for one, I appreciated the fact that the food, you could get food pretty much whenever you wanted, which was nice uh, to me because, like, let's say you wanted to go to a lecture and you couldn't be there for lunch. There were multiple options. You know, you have an option for uh, a sit-down uh, breakfast, lunch, or dinner, or you could go to the buffet. So we actually never went to a full sit-down breakfast. We just went up to the buffet for breakfast. And breakfast, generally, um, at the buffet, apparently they were fancier in the sit-down breakfast, but we never did it. Um, Breakfast was usually some kind of a cooked grain, like oatmeal or millet or quinoa, um, some kind of fruit compote, um, whether it was like pears or raisins or prunes or figs or dates, um, lots of bagels, toasts, uh, vegan spreads like peanut butter, almond butter, jellies, cream cheese. They had um, some vegan follow your heart. Mm -hmm. Yes, follow your heart slices that were there and then lots and lots of fresh fruits and vegetables. Mm Um, for breakfast. They also, because I think this cruise has macrobiotic roots, always had miso soup for breakfast, which I thought was really interesting. Um, You know, almond milk, soy milk, oat milk, hemp milk. I saw all of these things for your coffee uh, and tea that they had. And then even over on the non-vegan side of the cafeteria, there were some vegan options um, so if like the vegan line was long, you could go over to the other side. They had baked apples, oatmeal, roasted potatoes, more fruit. Um, so the breakfasts were really, really good um, in general. Lunches was lunch was probably my favorite meal mm. of the day, pretty much every day, which we also continue to have at the buffet. And this was the meal where they seemed to have like pretty regularly a good vegan protein option, whether it was tofu or tempeh or seitan. Um, they always had something like that. And they usually had a steamed green vegetable, mm-hmm. like broccoli or broccoli rub or collards or all sorts of things. And then usually a grain. Yeah, rice or you know quinoa or whatever. And then what else did they have at lunch? They always had a soup. So they've had some different soup up there. 
Um, you don't have as much of a sweet tooth as I do, do you? Oh, they had dessert, Danny. They, they had, had dessert. dessert every day. Well, <laughs> I was on prep. True. So we'll talk about that in a minute. But <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. I did have some desserts, but I, I am on prep, so my food was a little bit limited. Mm. Um, anyway, uh, but I did have a couple of those desserts, and they were really good. Yeah, they were. <laughs> <laughs> uh, more fresh fruit. They always had salad for lunch um, and some kind of a dressing. Yes. Uh, so you like definitely weren't going hungry. And then dinners, dinner was full sit down five course meal. So an appetizer, a soup, a salad, an entree and a dessert. And because it's five courses, the courses are pretty small, but you could ask for seconds, which I don't think a lot of people knew, but we knew. <laughs> sometimes thirds. <laughs> or in Giacomo's case, sometimes thirds. Um, and this was like, fancy food yeah like really like the kind of food you want to take a picture of because it's just as pretty as it probably tastes to eat mm -hmm. so i wish i had some really good examples there was like an eggplant parm one night um a stroganoff that was super good one night so many different soups so many different desserts um and every night it was so different you know five courses at dinner times 10 days that's mm -hmm. 50 separate dishes that you know, you're getting to try that these world-renowned chefs have come on board and basically taught the MSC Divina staff how to cook. Um, and it was really good. Um, from like a bodybuilding standpoint, I would say it's very different than what we eat at home. Yeah. It was very different than what we eat at home. And I'll talk about how, because I know that some people had some thoughts about this. So when you look at like the doctors who were talking, um, Colin Campbell, Michael Greger, Neil Bernard in the past, um, Dr. Esselstyn has been there. A lot of the people who come out to see these doctors are people again, well into their fifties, sometimes way beyond their fifties, um, who are there to learn about reversing their heart disease and reversing their diabetes. So there is a very strong trend on the ship towards um, low fat or oil free. There's also a lot of um, people who are very, very interested in health more so than like ethical veganism. Um, so there's like soy free and gluten free options available pretty much all the time as well. And then there's just what they called regular, which is just like regular vegan. So we went with the regular vegan options pretty much all the time. Um, a couple of the dishes were a little bit bland. Um, but most of the dishes were very, very flavorful mm -hmm. um, and good enough to ask for seconds. And overall, I mean, we, I mentioned I was on prep and I did bring my food scale with me and I did bring my floor scale with me so that I could keep track. And I was on a diet break. Um, so my carbs were a lot higher that week, but my fat was actually set really low. So this low fat type of food kind of worked out in my favor. But the point was on board, my food scale and my floor scale did not work because you're on a moving boat. So I couldn't get an accurate reading of anything. So it made tracking super, super hard. And I had to really try to, I could, and there was like limited Wi-Fi because you're in the water. So I couldn't even really track my food in my fitness pal without having to like buy more Wi-Fi. So I had to tally what I was eating in my head as closely as I could. 
um, and it was very challenging. So I just had to be very mindful of my hunger cues, my fullness cues, pay attention to what it felt like I had eaten. Like, because I track my food so diligently all the time, I know what it feels like at the end of the day to have eaten 300 grams of carbs. Like, I know what that feels like for me. So I had to pay attention to that. And the crazy thing is, I lost five pounds on this ship during a diet break between the food being super healthy and pretty light in calories comparatively to like standard American food for sure, but even light in calories compared to what we normally eat at home. Um, and then we decided to take the stairs everywhere. Mm. <laughs> so sometimes you're, we were, wa- there were, there are elevators everywhere, but we decided to take the stairs. So sometimes you're walking from the fourth floor to the 16th floor multiple times a day. One day I tracked over a hundred flights of stairs <laughs> walked. So, uh, between the extra activity and the food, even on a diet break, trying to eat more than double what I've normally been eating, I still lost five pounds. And I think that I heard many people say, like, I think I might lose weight on this cruise ship. And I don't think that anybody was eating conservatively. Mm-mm. We were eating the food that was provided amply. Um, so, you know, just something to keep in mind. If you're like an ectomorph who's trying to gain weight and you want to go on this cruise, I don't know, maybe like bring a jar of peanut butter with you. <laughs> or what you could do is, since a lot of the food is lower fat throughout the day, is just make an effort during each meal to just kind of grab the nut butters or the nuts and seeds. Yeah. And, you know, maybe just have a couple tablespoons of that on some slices of bread. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you could always go to town on desserts if you want, but if, you know, sweet stuff is not your thing, you can just grab the nuts and well, the seeds. Well, they also had pizza out all yes. the time. Yes. This was the only thing that was out until, like, any hour of the day. I think maybe even in the morning. I don't know. I didn't check, but pretty much every hour of the day there was vegan pizza out. Um, and it was a very simple pizza. It didn't have like vegan cheese on it or anything. It was just sauce and vegetables, but it was out 24 seven. Yeah. And I made a concerted effort to like check back just to see how readily available the pizza was. And it was like, no matter what, no matter, no matter how many pieces you grab, there was always another pie of and I, I say pie, but pizza pie, whatever. There was a, there was always another uh, pizza pie ready to go out immediately. So, you, you know, you were not going hungry on this ship. And if you wanted to make sure that you were eating to bulk like you could, you would just have to be a little mindful about it. Yeah, and especially because your activity was probably going to go up because it's a lot of walking, mm-hmm. more than I expected on a boat. Um, but also, I want to say like every other night, there seemed to be a party on the deck which is where the pools and that was kind of outside and there's like a stage and a dance floor but there was an ice cream social two another ice cream social <laughs> um a pizza party yes and this one did have vegan cheese yes that particular that the pizza party there was a nacho party mm-hmm. there was a regular dance party yeah there two. was the regular dance party that had like hummus i think hummus and pita anyway the nighttime parties mm-hmm. seemed to have slightly more calorically dense food, and they didn't even start until like nine o'clock. Right. So, but if if you went to breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and had a slice of pizza and ate at the party afterwards, like you were going to get more than enough food for the day. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. There were restaurants on board, and rumor had it that every restaurant had a vegan option. 
available, but we didn't go to any of the restaurants. Mm-hmm. We just went to um, the, well, I guess technically it was a restaurant, but where they were specifically serving the vegan dinners was in a restaurant, but there were other specific restaurants on board that we just didn't go to. We did get some fancy coffee drinks, like a couple of soy lattes from the espresso bar. That's true. And there was a juice bar as mm-hmm. well that we also didn't go to, but that place was bumping with 2,000 vegans on board. <laughs> For um, sure. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess that's important to know too, like even outside of the, the vegan-themed events, there was plenty, there was no shortage of things to do on, on the cruise as well. You know, I mean, I, I think we spent several hours at the jazz bar just listening to different bands yep. play. There was good entertainment on board. There really was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there was fo- like photographers doing photo shoots, which is a whole funny story. <laughs> we thought we were just going to get a single picture snapped of us, and this guy put us through like a 20-minute full-blown photo shoot like we do in competition season yeah it was crazy and he got some really good shots of us too i was like what why are you working here but then i saw what they charged for the photos and i was like oh never mind (laughs) you make bank i'm sure yeah so we haven't even touched upon like when the boat stops and when we get off oh yeah so we stopped at saint thomas Mm -hmm. saint kitts and nevis barbados Martinique and Guadeloupe. Yes. Um, I've never left the country before for more than like 20 minutes. So this was amazing to me. Amazing Mm -hmm. to me. It's the first time in my life I ever got to use a passport. Um, I don't even know where to begin with the off the boat excursions. I mean, every year I imagine it would be different because it goes to different places every year. So there's really no point in us explaining everything about every place so Just... here here's one thing that i was not sure about before we went on the cruise was all right so you're docking and you're going somewhere and then you have to get back on the boat like are you gonna have time to see anything and how does that work you know yeah you do mm-hmm. so the boat docks usually around like eight in the morning or so maybe even earlier you can get off the boat and then there's all aboard time and every day it was like 4 30 or 5 except one day it was earlier it was 1 30 um, but that actually comes out to be like eight hours off the ship. Mm-hmm. And when you get off, there's taxi drivers there like crazy, um, trying to take you to special beaches or take you to go do this or that or whatever. And of course, you know, you could pretty easily get rooked into something you don't want to do, but obviously just like be cautious and do your research beforehand. Um, but there's also excursions you can book right through the ship. And they just kind of haul you off and take you to a certain beach or take you to go swim with sea turtles or take you to go zip lining. Um, and then they bring you back on time. And they have vegan options specifically for those excursions. That's true. Yeah, if you book it through the ship. And of course, you can also just get off the ship and just kind of walk around too. So it's really up to you what you want to do. But you'll, you'd be surprised how much you can do and see in an eight-hour period. I was shocked because I always figured, well, if I'm going to go to Barbados, I want to like stay there for yeah. a week. And don't get me wrong, I'm sure a week in Barbados is lovely. But this, with this particular style of traveling on the cruise ship, you get to visit all these different countries. And then you just come back and your hotel room is still exactly the way you left it. You still have the same staff working for your room. Um, and then you go to sleep at night and you wake up in another country and you do it again. It's crazy. 
It's the weirdest experience ever that the second you wake up, the boat's not moving anymore and you go to look out the window and all of a sudden you're somewhere new. It's just the weirdest thing. It was amazing. To me, it was so amazing. And I saw so many things I've never seen in my life. I mean, aside from all of those places, I saw wild monkeys, wild mongoose, went snorkeling for the first time in my life and saw so many fish and lobsters and anemone and a shipwreck that wasn't staged. <laughs> um, stingrays. Sea turtle. Sea turtle. So many birds, lizards, um, crazy stuff that maybe it's not crazy to people who have traveled a lot, but to me it was just like the most incredible experience. And then I get back on a boat and like go hang with my vegan people again. And, you know, you can hang out with your friends off the boat, too. And we did multiple times. Mm -hmm. Holla at Nadege because when we got to Martinique, I didn't realize that they spoke French there, which I guess I should have, speaking of doing your research. And we were with our friend Nadege, who's also a rad um, vegan bikini competitor. And uh, she lives in Montreal, and French is her first language. So she kind of saved our butts mm -hmm. that day. Um yeah, everything about it, just even being in a being in a country where we didn't speak the national language was such a new experience for me, and I can totally see how people just get like addicted to traveling. Mm -hmm. I would love to do that. Um, so yeah, I can't really speak for the places that it's going in the following years because they're all different, I believe. Um, but man, just getting to see so much in such a short period of time, make sure that you get like good food, get to learn some really awesome shit from like vegan experts in the field. Just wow. Like the whole experience was so mind blowing to me that I'm kicking myself that we haven't gone in years past. Like mm -hmm. I can't believe people have been telling us to go on this for years. And we just were like, Eh, how good could it be? Good. Yeah. It's really, really good. <laughs> that good. I mean, how how cool is it that you get to see so many different places and you don't have to like pack up and move and get yourself situated at all to, to, go, to see, you know, every time you travel from one place to another. And not only that, but like you get to do as much as you can possibly stand to do and then you can recharge like like nothing you know you go home to your you go home you go i wish that was my home <laughs> but uh yeah i mean you go back to your room and it's just like totally chill and you get to rest recharge you can just hang out by the pool i like that yeah so natalie matthews actually asked a question what was an average day like on the ship and there's actually two answers to this because there were days where we were just at sea and then there were days where we docked so days we were at sea you know you'd wake up go hit the gym early if you could. Um, the gym had dumbbells um, from like eight pounds up to 50 pounds and they mm -hmm. had lots of machines, lots of cardio equipment. Um, so not the best gym I've ever been in, but decent considering you're on a ship and I understand why they don't have barbells because hello, you're on a moving ship. Um, so get, get up, hit the gym, go to the breakfast buffet, eat breakfast, like overlooking the water while you're traveling. And then after that, you could decide what lectures you wanted to mm -hmm. go to between then and noon, or you could like chill out by the pool or go get a massage or anything like that. 
and do that until lunch. Go have lunch, again, overlooking the beautiful water. Or you could go have a five-course lunch in one of the restaurants. And then after that, you could do more lectures or more chilling until dinner, which sometimes it was fancy and you had to dress fancy yes. for dinner, the gala nights. Um, and, you know, five-course dinner. And after that, there was either a party or you could go to the show, which would be like, um, they had lots of things like Cirque du Soleil type of stuff, um, like a Michael Jackson performance. There was a talent show um, for the vegan cruise, which was pretty cool. Um, and, you know, kind of do that till you went to bed. And then on days you docked, you'd wake up, eat breakfast, get off the boat, uh, which you don't have to if you don't want to, but I don't know why anybody wouldn't want to. Mm -hmm. Get off the boat, either get in a cab, which is what we usually did, got in a cab and like went to the beach or went to the jungle and then like rented snorkeling gear, tried to find some vegan food around, which surprisingly, surprisingly that you could find vegan food in a lot of these islands. Yes. Um, we went in a grocery store in Barbados and they had like field roast and follow your heart and Gardein, like who, th who knew? <laughs> Not me, but now I do. Um, and then you get a cab, get back to the boat, wash off the ocean and then just like chill and party for the rest of the day. Yeah. I, it's like the craziest thing. So kind of wraps up what an average day was like, I guess. And at the end of an average day, I kid you not, I had 20,000 steps. When I'm at home, I have to work to get 8,000 steps a day. Just a regular day on this ship, I was getting 20,000 steps. I mean, I get on average, I would say between 2,500 to 4,000 steps on a really good day. I mean, I have a desk job. I mean, obviously yeah. I'm training regularly, but outside of training, I don't get to walk around too much, especially not in the winter time. I don't like walking around in the wintertime over here. It's snowy, it's cold. But on the ship, it was, yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't think of a single day where I didn't get in fewer than 15,000 steps, mm -hmm. you know? It was nuts. So where is it going next year? Do you know, Giacomo? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, I looked it up immediately. I think we, I looked it up when we were on the ship. Um, next year, it's actually going to be an 11-day cruise, which is crazy to me because we were on it for 10 time. days, and I'm like, this is 10 long. days was a long time. 11 days. You start to forget what real life is like. Right? <laughs> <laughs> cruise life. Jamaica, Costa Maya, Mexico, Cozumel, Mexico, Costa Rica, Panama, and then Colombia. Yeah, that's going to be crazy. I couldn't believe how far south we were in Barbados. I didn't realize how close to South America Barbados was. Uh, which I guess makes me ignorant, but this is, is Colombia, South America? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Right at the top on the, the west side. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's March 3rd to March 14th. Yes. So right now, the rates are actually the lowest that they will be. They only go up from here. But if you book before April 27th, you actually get the best possible rate that they will be offering uh, for this trip. Um, the neat thing about it is you don't have to um, pay for the cruise all up front. The only thing that you need in the beginning is the deposit, which is fully refundable, actually, which I think is pretty cool. So like, if this is something you're thinking about and you want to lock in the best rate possible, the deposit is $250, I believe, and then, and then they don't... Uh, they don't take the final balance for your ticket until the end of November. So, you know, you can 
lock in the soonest rate now and and you know sort of commit but then let's say a couple months from now schedule or whatever you just you know you realize that you can't make it um the the deposit is still fully refundable all the way up until june and then you don't have to worry about the final balance of the ticket until the end of november which to me is pretty awesome because i feel like you know in, in previous years i had thought about this but it's like oh you know it's it's a whole bunch up front and i want to try to find the best rate well the answer to the question is the best rate is now and um and then you get to think about it too um which i think is a pretty cool offer and then the other thing which is pretty neat is if you mention vegan proteins when you book your trip they give you $50 of onboard credit. Yeah, and the onboard credit, they actually, Holistic Holiday at Sea has a bookstore on the boat near where some of the biggest presentations are given. And the bookstore has a lot of really cool books by many of the presenters, but lots of other people too. And you can use the onboard credits for either stuff in the bookstore or for one-on-one consultations with a lot of these presenters. Um, And also, if the author of the book is somebody that's there, um, you can, they're either doing a book signing or you could ask them to sign your book also, which Mm -hmm. is pretty cool. So the the $50 onboard credit, I was like, oh, I I don't think I'm going to buy a book. Like, I already have a lot of these books. But I was surprised by how many... um, how many really good books were there and of course I did end up getting several books so and so did everybody else but and we are going to be giving incentives to people who do sign up to come on the cruise and mention vegan proteins when they do it the very first freebie that you will get if you do sign up just send us the receipt showing that you like mentioned vegan proteins and we will immediately send you a copy of my flexible dieting for vegans ebook right away and then some of that cool stuff that we have coming down the pipeline, you'll probably get some of that as well, but I can't talk about it yet, so this is kind of anticlimactic. Yeah, and something that I uh, want to do that I didn't even talk to you about yet, Danny, but I think it'd be really cool is when we get on the cruise, I want to have like a little free gift for every single person that will hand deliver to your cabin. I thought that would be pretty neat. Yeah, so if you do sign up, um, definitely please mention vegan proteins. It tells the cruise ship that people that people like that we're there that we're teaching classes that we're doing one-on-one so it, it helps us to get to come back and do this again and spread the vegan message more and more and also you know we want to see more people on the ship that are kind of in our little vegan lifting crew demographic you know we want to see more strong fit vegans on board as well who are kind of into the same stuff that we're into as well um and also we want to know who you are so we could hang out with you you know i mean i think that to me was one of the the best parts ever is when we found out who came there and mentioned us we were all able to like get together and do stuff yeah because we get a list right like so and so mentioned you so and so mentioned you when they signed up and um you know we didn't really know what we were asking people to sign up for last year so we didn't really try to push it and we generally don't like to push or sell stuff that we're that we don't know a lot about um so we mentioned it but we didn't like you know push it hard or anything and so only a few people signed up using our code, but we 
spent so much time with those people, not because they used our code, but because they're like our people. You yeah. know what I mean? Like they're, they're our kind of people. That's why they know about us in the first place and vice versa. So um, we got to spend a lot of time with them and it was easily my favorite thing about the whole cruise was just getting to hang out um, with people that we kind of knew beforehand, but by the end of it, it's like, no, these, these are like our friends, yeah. like our good friends. So it was just an amazing experience. And we would, you know, we have some pretty hardcore Muscles by Brussels listeners who like never miss an episode, who always reach out to us afterwards. And we would love to, to meet you guys in person and get to hang out with you and train with you and eat with you and like explore freaking rainforests with you. Yeah, so. we don't get to do that when we go to VegFest Expos all too much. Like, we get to... No, you're in, you're out. Yeah. That's it. So, yeah, this and this is, you know, it's not just like, oh, come come hang out with us because we want you to. Like, this is a type of experience that you don't want to miss. Mm -hmm. It is, it is like, life-changing. So, if you've kind of been on the fence about it before, like, shoot, even if you don't mention us at all, like... Go. You should go. Just go. Because <laughs> <Just> go. <laughs> um, it's, it's that cool. So uh, anyway, we'll leave it there. We'll leave all kinds of links so you guys can check it out and uh, see see what you think. And also, I have a whole Instagram story highlights on my Instagram page. It's like probably like 30 videos long or something. But um, it's kind of like through my eyes, the cruise through my eyes this particular year. All right, moving on to our Q&A segment for today's podcast episode. we got to bring it around to fitness somehow here, right? Yeah, right. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I got a, a question for Danny. Uh, what can I do to get thinner thighs? So we almost didn't put this question on the podcast because it's kind of so vague, but I am still floored by how often I get this question or not thinner thighs specifically, but how can I tone my arms or how can I lose my belly fat? But thighs especially seems to be a big one. And I just wanted to reiterate that you cannot spot treat a specific area in terms of fat loss. It's not possible. Um, and I know that the fitness industry in general really loves to promote this idea that if you just like do a lot of crunches, you're going to have a smaller belly, but it doesn't really, it does not work that way at all. So, um, the exercises that you do in a building phase are the same exercises that you would want to do in a cutting phase. So squats, lunges, deadlifts, leg extensions, leg curls, good mornings. These are all the same, whether you're building or whether you're cutting. So to get in this example, thinner thighs, this, it's two parts. So the first thing is your food. To become smaller anywhere, you need to be in a caloric deficit. So it's all about dieting um, to get smaller so in this instance where someone says thinner thighs 
yes, you would need to be dieting. If someone were to say, what can I do to tone my thighs? Um, that's toning isn't really a thing. We've done a whole podcast on why toning isn't a thing. But in, when people say, what can I do to tone my thighs? They usually want to build muscle and lean out at the same time. So you kind of need to pick which one you want to do first, but largely, largely when people say they want to tone, they usually want fat loss before they want to build muscle. So again, this comes back to a caloric deficit. You need to create a caloric deficit, but keep doing the same exercises you've been doing. If, and this is rare, but I suppose it's possible, if you have very muscular legs and you want to have thinner thighs or smaller thighs, then the answer would actually be to deliberately lose muscle in those areas, um, which I don't recommend. The idea of losing muscle somewhere is like blasphemous to me, but some people want to do it. So what are some things you could do to lose muscle? Well, again, dieting, you would have to diet. Uh, you would have to be in a caloric deficit to lose muscle, but you would also want to just stop training your legs so much, just stop training them so much. Um, if you tend to put on muscle in your lower body very quickly, then stopping lifting is going to help you lose some muscle. You're not gonna get smaller legs by training them more if you tend to build muscle in your lower body quickly. Um, another way that you can create a caloric deficit, because caloric deficit is king, um, is by doing a fair amount of cardio. So the combination of training your legs less, eating in a caloric deficit, and or creating a caloric deficit by doing extra cardio via elliptical or running or jogging would help to slim down your thighs. But again, that would be at the expense of muscle, which is not easy to come by. So just something to keep in mind there. So what can you do to thin your thighs, arms, abs, anything like that? The answer is gonna be keep training but be in a caloric deficit. All right, everybody. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Vegan Proteins Muscles by Brussels Radio. Feel free to reach out to us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Vegan Proteins and at Muscles by Brussels. We've been doing some giveaways on our Instagrams lately, so I would highly recommend you check us out there. Um, and if you have any other questions about the cruise or any fitness or nutrition questions in general, do not hesitate to reach out to us. Anyway, my name is Danny. And I'm Giacomo. And we will talk to you soon. Time